Christy Brower here all by myself tonight. I am covering for Katie and I together. Uh, Katie's off visiting her kids and so well it's my turn to do case updates by myself. So nice to see you all here. I hope all of you who are in Florida and Georgia or the Carolinas, anybody being affected by this latest uh, hurricane, I hope you are all safe and have access to everything that you are in need of because i've certainly been uh thinking about all of you yesterday and today so tonight is our wednesday night case updates we do have a lot of updates and quite a few things uh going on so let's just jump right on into it uh let's start with the shooting in Jacksonville. We have a little bit of an update. I wouldn't say it's a lot. It's not as much as I would hope it is at this point. But then again, police are going to keep a lot uh, back because the shooter is dead. It's not like we're investigating anything here. But if you will recall, we caught, covered this earlier. This happened last Saturday at the Dollar General. Um, this happened uh, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, or Jacksonville area anyway. Uh, Ryan Christopher Palmer, 21 years old, uh, shot and killed three people, uh, a woman and two men. They were all black. And then he killed himself to avoid the consequences of his behavior. So we talked about the case earlier, but a few things that we did learn. Um, he had a domestic call like a domestic violence type call to his house in 2016 it didn't result in an arrest because people were curious like because he had other um experiences with the police then we also know he did have uh an emergency mental health commitment um in 2017 and then he did get a speeding ticket on june 28th in jacksonville that's all he's had but remember this guy was only 21 years old we do know he left several manifestos. We still don't know exactly what they say other than they were racially motivated and uh, are said to be uh, disgusting in ideology and hate, but indicating that this most definitely was a hate crime. Um, it's thought that the Dollar General may not have been his original target. And we talked about that when we covered this originally, that he actually went to a family dollar store first, but there was a security uh, car officer in, in the parking lot. So he left there. He went and parked at a in a parking lot at Edward Waters University, where while he was putting on his tactical vest, someone saw him doing that, thought that was creepy and weird, and got a hold of security. And security and police showed up there pretty quickly. So he got out of there quickly. And then he went to Dollar General. So we don't know really what his, if that was in fact his original target. He worked for Dollar Tree a while back. But it's just weird 
all these dollar stores, right? It's, I think it's strange. Uh, he did um, text his dad to check his computer. He, his dad had to break into his bedroom with a screwdriver, apparently. By the time um, the parents saw what was on the computer and called the police, the shooting was already happening. So there wasn't really anywhere. Um, there wasn't really anything that they could do at that point. Right, knowing I am too uh, very impressed that people saw something and said something. You know, we're, we're getting closer to be being able to uh, do something about this. Yeah, it's two different dollar stores. So the first the first dollar store he top, stopped at was a family dollar. And then the one where he committed the shooting was a dollar general. And he worked at Dollar Tree in the past. I know it's super confusing because it's all dollar store stuff. Um, he did purchase his guns legally. We know about that. There were no, you know, some states have red flag laws. Uh, we don't have a federal one anymore. We used to. Uh, Trump got rid of that, which might have flagged him for having had a, a hospitalization. Uh, let's see. We know the victims were Angela Michelle Carr, who he shot outside her car. Um, A.J. Laguerre uh, Jr., he was 19, and he worked in the Dollar General. And Gerald Deshaun Galleon, who was just walking in the front door of the store. Let's see. Um, the sheriff describes the manifesto this way. He says the manifesto is quite frankly, the diary of a madman. He was just completely irrational, but with irrational thoughts, he knew what he was doing. He was 100% lucid. So crazy beliefs, but fully aware that he was going to kill people. Um, a neighbor said he came off as an unhappy standoffish man. Something interesting that we don't know a lot about, but that may we may learn more about later, is that in the manifesto, he references um, the anniversary of the 2018 Jacksonville Landing shooting that happened during a Madden NFL 19 tournament. That was at Chicago Pizza. Uh, that's when David Katz shot a dozen people, killing two before he turned the gun on himself, if you'll recall. So he did reference that shooting and the anniversary of that shooting in his manifesto in reference to his own shooting. So we, maybe this had something to do with it. I'm sure we'll know more as we go. You know, he didn't have much social media, but he did post a video of himself on TikTok, putting on the tactical vest shortly before committing the shooting. Uh, and that's pretty much what we know at this point about him and, you know, about what else led to this. Right. All three different chains. Right. And right. Cranky. Are younger guys being recruited or are they simply being radicalized? Why are all of our young men? not all of our young men, but why are so many of these shooters young men? There's a lot of questions about that, I think. And there are, I wish that there were totally clear answers. I don't think there are, but there are some things we wonder about. 
um, in relation to what's happening societally. I also think that the normalization of hate that we have had in this country in the last eight years or so, maybe more, not saying we didn't have hate before we did, but certainly we know that Trump being so public about his hate and about his uh, racism certainly has brought a lot to the forefront um, for people who thought that they needed to hide in the past. Uh, Craig, says, just wonder if they are targeted because they're insecure and social problems they have, a group that makes them feel good. But what group? I mean, there are so many different groups. We don't have, there's no specific group. You know, I think about like groups like the Proud Boys. Uh, the Proud Boys leader and some of the other Proud Boys that were involved in the insurrection were supposed to be um, sentenced today. And I think that groups like that are, it's very important that we show uh, very public consequences for the things that they've done because they are groups like that, that may be, you know, encouraging this kind of behavior. But is there any just one or what, which ones are they? That That's a big question. Yeah. Uh, oh, like people on that 4chan. Yes. And there are definitely questions. People on on 4chan and 8chan, there's some terrible things going on in those particular groups. But are they acting in concert with one another? That I do not know. It's a good question, though. It's definitely a good question. Uh, Paula says, much like the radical suicide bombers, the younger men seem more ready to give their lives for the cause. Is It's very true. We're seeing more and more of it. And that is terrifying. It is terrifying. So that's what we know about Ryan Palmiter and the sh that shooting for now. Uh, we'll continue to cover it as we go. Another shooting that we talked about earlier this week that happened at a football game in Oklahoma does have a bit of an update. Um, at that game, there was uh, a young woman who was a man who was shot in the chest and a woman shot in the leg, as well as a couple of people injured trying to get out of the stadium. There is now a suspect in uh, in custody in that case. That suspect is a minor. So we do not know anything about him. We know really very little other than um, they do now have a suspect in custody because that is, in fact, a it is a murder investigation because a 16 year old boy was killed. Amy, yeah, that one got me so close to home. Yes, absolutely. Um, so far, what we're hearing is that there was some kind of an argument. They keep saying between two men. I don't know if it was two men or if it was two teenage boys because a 16-year-old boy was killed and now we have a minor in custody for the shooting. So there's still a lot of questions there. Oh, Amy, in high school, I went to that stadium. Oh, wow. You're right, Emily. It's true that male brains are still developing into their mid-20s. It is very true. Yeah, that shooting is terrifying. Uh, I'm glad that there is a suspect in custody for it now, though. Here's a name I didn't think I was going to have to say to you guys for, I don't know, I'd hoped a lot longer than this. Sherry Papini. Sherry Papini, you may recall, faked her own kidnapping in 2016. Uh, so that she could run off and have an affair with her boyfriend. 
was a terrible, terrible thing. Her family and her community absolutely rallied together to try to find her. She was missing for 22 days and then just showed up on a highway on Thanksgiving Day. She told investigators that she was abducted by two Hispanic women. How racist can you get? Uh, and she claimed that she'd been beaten and branded. And she did have some injuries and some branding that it turns out she made her boyfriend at the time do to her. Um, he is, you will be glad to know her ex-boyfriend. He doesn't want anything to do with her these days. Um, she has been released from jail. She got released a little early. She was supposed to do uh, 18 months. I think she didn't do quite a year-ish. So she is now out. And let's just hope that she, you know, she spent her time in, did her time in federal prison. And uh, let's just, uh, why early? Um, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's hard when I'm here by myself um, because I got to read the chat and talk at the same time. I usually have someone else talking like that. Um, it was good behavior. They needed space, that kind of thing. But yeah, early seems like bullshit, right? Uh, yeah, he did divorce her. The boyfriend left her. You know, she her life is in ruins, as it should be for what she did, frankly. Because what the hell? Uh, let's see. Lots more happening I wanted to share with you. Get back to my notes here. Um. A really strange shooting happened at a baseball game a few days ago. You guys, this was at a White Sox game last Friday. And there were two people injured because a woman says she concealed a gun in her belly fat to get it through the metal detector and into the stadium. What? You guys, what the hell is going on with humanity, right? So the gun was apparently accidentally discharged, grazing the woman who was hiding the gun, as well as her friend. They were at the game. Uh, the friend, who was a 42-year-old woman, was shot in the leg, and she was taken to a Chicago hospital. Um, the woman with the gun was grazed in the abdomen, we're not really sure exactly how this went down or why the gun went off, but that's definitely being investigated to try to figure out what the hell went on or I don't know why someone felt the need to conceal a gun in their fat in order to get it into a baseball game to begin with. So... Just hoping that, you know, the poor woman who got shot in the leg is okay and don't really care if the woman who snuck the gun in there is because what a dumbass thing to do. But yeah, how do you explain my tummy fat shot my friend, right? They're still not exactly sure how the gun went off or what happened. But why did anybody even need to do it in the first place? What was the point of having the gun at the game anyway? I mean, was there some plan to do something else that didn't happen because the gun went off? Did her belly button pull the trigger? No one knows. Um, 
Hey, Rebecca, welcome. Uh, I will say, I don't know, you guys, we'll keep an eye on this one. This definitely could have been a Florida ma'am case, but it did happen not in Florida, but in Chicago. Uh, oh, yes, let's talk about Corey Richens. You might remember. Corey is the woman who, I hate these headlines, it makes me so mad. Children's author accused of poisoning hun husband with fentanyl. Now, she was not a children's author at the time that she murdered her husband with fentanyl. She became one after, if you'll recall. She uh, put out, her husband died. She was widowed with two little boys. So she wrote this book about going through the grieving process with her children after her husband died. And then about a year after the death, after the book had been published, thanks to the hard work of the sisters of the victim, police actually arrested her for her husband's murder. She owed a whole bunch of money and it, it looks like she'd actually tried to kill him more than once. They know actually where she got the fentanyl. Um, she was trying to collect on a life insurance, on five life insurance policies that she took out on him uh, to try to cover her debts. We know that uh, it was possible that he was looking at divorcing her and that she had asked him for a bunch of money to bail out her business and he had said no. Prosecutors have a lot of evidence against her, but she's got a friend, guys. She's got a friend who says there's a lot to come out at, at trial, and I'm certain that once it does, the jury will make the right decision. Oh, guys, seriously. I mean, they have her dead to rights, but this woman just will not go away, will she? This has been going on for a while now. So she will be facing trial coming up. Um, the friend also says, I believe Alec, Eric must have died from an accidental overdose because, you know, that is not at all what the evidence shows. So we shall see. But Corey Richens is apparently not going down without a fight. But I do think that um, it, uh, we're going to see the court. She left so much evidence behind. She is delusional. Right, Anna, isn't it? Being from Utah and Idaho right now, it's isn't it, though? I feel the same way. I'm like, what the hell is going on with all these crazy people? And there's always more. She is a real narcissist. What she's done and the book and all of the stuff that she's done to her children. Ugh. Yuck. Right. Right. Amanda didn't expect much different from someone who murdered her husband than wrote a book about it. Right. Uh, Corey's kids are. Yes, they are. I believe with dad's family. But her children, what she's done to her children is so sick. Just it's unreal. But her side of the story. Oh, speaking of their side of the story, guess who else has been telling their side of the story? Buster Murdoch. Buster Murdoch has been uh, doing interviews with Fox Nation. They're putting together some kind of a documentary about, what do they call it, the fall of the House of Murdoch or something. Buster did not kill C Stephen Smith, nor is he gay, guys. We got to be really, really sure he's not gay. 
Also, he fears for his life because he knows his dad didn't kill Maggie and Paul, and you don't know who might be coming after him next. It's gross. It's not anything new. Um, it is really gross. It is really, really gross. And it's really not any new information at all. It's just, you know, him defending his dad. He did say in one of the interviews that he is confused about why his dad was there at the kennels when he said he wasn't. And we all know why he was there. He was there to kill Paul and Maggie. I mean, he's convicted of these murders. It's not like he isn't. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he does. He sounds a lot like his dad. And, you know, I mean, what's he, you know, I think that I wouldn't be standing with my dad at this point, but it's pretty lame. Um, it, it is really pretty lame. Right. He would have killed him, too. Had he been there, had he been a part of the problem with the um, with the uh, boat accident and had been there at the time, um, he would have been dead, too. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, he, he should have just shut up um, and faded into the background. However, that's just not ever what they're going to do because our least favorite Murdoch on the planet of Earth is in trouble in jail. I know you're going to find this so surprising, but uh, Mr. Alec Murdoch is in big trouble in jail. He has lost his phone privileges and his canteen privileges for 30 days. And his attorney got a sternly worded letter uh, from the, uh, the prison because his attorney has been assisting him. But of course he is, because who is Murdoch to uh, follow any rules, right? So he's got some journals that he kept during the uh, trial. And he apparently read those journals to his attorney during a legal phone call. So that phone call couldn't be monitored. And the attorney recorded it and turned it over to Fox Nation as part of this documentary, which is completely against the rules. In the prison that Murdoch is in, he is not allowed to give interviews at all. Also, he used another inmate's PIN number so that when he made a phone call, it wasn't under his name. It was under someone else's name. So, yeah, he's in trouble. He's been convicted of two infractions in prison and lost his phone privileges and his, uh, like, cafeteria privileges for a month, which at this point, I mean, whatever. Right. Yes. Right. Christy, he did. Buster did say that his dad has some psychopathic tendencies, but he didn't kill his dad and his, his mom and sister, brother, though. No, he, he didn't do that. <laughs> My daddy's a thief, liar, and probably a psychopath, but he's not a killer. Right. Sure. So, yeah, he's in big trouble. And his attorney, who knew full well he should not be recording anything of his and turning it over anywhere. He's not allowed to be giving interviews, but did it anyway, because these guys do whatever they want. His attorneys do whatever they want. He does whatever he wants. It's been that way forever. We've seen it through this entire situation. It's gross. Well, 
will they let him get away with it? I mean, there are people calling for uh, Fox Nation to not use the recordings because they know it's illegal. Um, but we'll see, you know, that's probably not going to happen. It's probably that bell has been rung. Had that attorney been a re removed from rep representing Alex? No, they just got a sternly worded uh, letter from the prison system saying, whether you knew this or not, this was illegal. Like he didn't know. So all he got was a letter. Right. What are they going to do? Throw him in prison? Right. They just limit his his privileges. That's all they can do. But his attorney, his attorney should be in trouble because you cannot tell me that his attorney didn't know that. Of course, it wasn't Harputley and it was the other guy. Oh, I always forget his name because all I can think of is Harputlian because of that dumb name. But the, it was the other one. So we shall see. I, I would love to see an attorney get censured for stuff like that. Give me a break. He knows he's not supposed to be doing those things. But whatever. They do it. They do whatever they want, right? Let's see. Uh, oh, I did tell you. Yep. I told you about the Proud Boys. Did not get their sentence because the judge was ill, which is too bad. You know, the prosecution is asking for 33 years for um, the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrico, Enrique Tario. And then there were, I think, three others who were um, all... Let's see. There were some others that were also supposed to be sentenced today that didn't. Oh, Ethan Nordine, who was a chapter leader, that's going to be on Friday. Um, and then there are several others that are coming up that will also have sentencings. And I would like to see them get sentenced because I think what we're talking about with these shooters, I think that groups like the Proud Boys are groups that we need to sit on very hard. Jim Griffin. Yeah, it was Griffin that did that with uh, with Murdoch. Um, but yeah, I think we need that the groups like the Proud Boys, we need to sit on them hard. Because that is where some of these young men are that are certainly being radicalized. Let's see, what else do we have? So a little bit of an update, not as much as I would like to see, but a little bit of an update in the Jeremy Bailey case. This was the triple murder in Layton, Utah, that happened in May. Um, so this is Jeremy Bailey. He, he murdered um, his wife, his stepmother, and his father-in-law. And he also killed the family dogs, which is just horrifying that all of it's horrifying. Um, they are looking to charge him with the death penalty, but he still hasn't even been arraigned. This is taking forever in Utah. Um, let's see. So his attorneys keep asking for continuances and the judge is getting pretty tired of it because they want to get to a preliminary hearing in this case quickly and, you know, get some plans made about what they're going to do here. So there's now things just continue to get delayed. So we're hoping we're going to see some movement in that case soon. Uh, yeah, that, that has just taken a really long time. 
Um, something happened this week in the Tennessee legislature I wanted to bring your attention to that really is sickening. So you may remember this was a school shooting that happened in Nash, uh, let's see, well, in Tennessee. It was at a private school. It was at a, I can't remember the name of the school. Let me find it here. Um, there's a group now called the Covenant Parents, and they're the, the Covenant School Parents. They're the parents representing um, the kids who died in that school shooting. This happened in March. And the Covenant families have been pushing really hard for some uh, gun control, some changes in Tennessee uh, law, particularly trying to enact a red flag law because the shooter in this case had some mental health issues and had bought a gun legally and had this person um, been red flagged, which they probably should have been based on some of the things that had happened in the past with them, they would not have been able to buy that gun or the guns that they used. Um, they had three, an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, a nine millimeter semi-automatic pistol, and a nine, yeah, two uh, nine millimeter semi-automatic semi automatic pistols. They fired 152 rounds in 14 minutes. They killed six people uh, before police fired back and killed the shooter. So these families were in the, the Tennessee legislature this week um, advocating for the legislature to enact some bills that they want to see enacted. And not only did they not talk about it or anything, they did not even hear the bills. They didn't even vote on them. They didn't even try at all. And the families had been led to believe that they had support, that when it came right down to it, a lot of the people that said that they were going to support the situation, support these bills, uh, then publicly did not. Super shitty, really, really upset families going, you just don't give a shit about our kids at all, do you? And it, it certainly feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, red flag laws, you know, we had a federal red flag law, which I felt was a very important thing. That if you've had, you know, psychiatric holds or, you know, domestic violence charges, various things that make you more likely to be a risk to other people that you cannot buy guns. We don't have that federally anymore. As I said, Trump uh, shot that down. He did a, an executive order to get rid of that. And so some states have red flag laws, others don't. There's not a lot of continuity. Not every state is the same when it comes to the red flag laws. And ultimately it is a big loophole in unstable people being able to get a hold of firearms. And in this case, it was this case was a good example of why this individual should not have had guns their family members did not want them to have guns. They were in psychiatric treatment. But because there's no red flag law in Tennessee, there wasn't anything anybody could do. And that sucks a lot. So I was really sad for the Covenant, the Covenant family uh, organization because they were so frustrated and just completely betrayed. Just gross. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? We have um, a little bit going on in the uh, Billy Wagner 
case. So we did get the state's um, response to change of venue. So if you'll recall, they're trying to move Billy Wagner's trial out of the county where his son's trial was just held. Uh, trying to go to uh, like the Columbus area with it. And um, they're saying it's because of pretrial publicity. The prosecution is against moving the trial. I mean, I don't think there's any big surprise there. I mean, it, it's kind of the Lori and Chad situation. It's the same evidence that was presented in George Wagner's case last year will be presented again in George Billy, dad, Wagner's case. Does it really matter at this point? You know, the, the bell has been rung. Are, are, are there people, is it going to change anything in the situation? It's kind of like Chad Daybell saying the same thing, like his case shouldn't be held, shouldn't, trial shouldn't be held in Ada County. And he has not said this, by the way. Um, but if he were to say, you know, I can't have a fair trial in Ada County because all my stuff is, my trial has, you know, all the evidence against me has already been out in the public from my uh, wife's case. At this point, is it really going to matter? Yeah. Right. I agree, Amanda. He's going to be found guilty. I mean, George Wagner was found guilty on all counts, every single thing. The other two have plea deals with agreements to testify against him. What are they really fighting for at this point? I don't understand why he doesn't plead and not put everyone through another trial because it is one hell of a dysfunctional family. But I mean, what does he really think he's going to get out of this other than just to cause more trouble and cost the state more money? I mean, just be an asshole, I guess, because it really does seem like at this point that it is something that should just get, he should just plead. But he's fighting pretty hard. He got his judge changed. Now he's trying to change um, venue. Right. And there are family members are saying that he actually committed three of the shootings. He's going to go down for this, whether this fight happens or not. But yeah, the waste of time and resources to have to move that trial. And I mean, the, the George Wagner trial last year was brutal. Why would you put that through other people through it again, other than you're just a hateful, terrible human being? That's really the only thing I can think at this point is that he's just an asshole and he doesn't care if he causes more trauma and problems. Will the judge actually move it? It's likely he will because he doesn't want to appear to have any bias against this defendant, but I don't think it's going to have any effect. Right. His lawyers couldn't wait to prove his innocence. Right. Right. It's never going to, it's not going to go anywhere, but I think the judge probably will move it because he doesn't want to appear to have any kind of bias, but is it going to change the outcome? Unlikely. I think it's unlikely. Let's see. Um, not a little bit in Coburger, not a lot. There's, there's a hearing on uh, Friday this week, the first, and this is a hearing that has to do with cameras in the courtroom. And there's 
a lot of stuff going on with that, that this meeting will be, um, or this hearing will be held on Zoom so that victim families can be in the hearing and stuff. But there's a lot going on. They're continuing to fight um, for uh, whether or not to have cameras in the courtroom. And this judge has been pretty against cameras in the courtroom at this point. So we shall see. And of course, we know that Koberger waived his right to a speedy trial. So everything is about to just get ridiculous with this case because now they're going to fight over every little tiny thing you can possibly imagine because now they've got all the time in the world to try him. Where do guys like that find money for extended proceedings? They're public defenders. We're paying for them. Or, you know, Billy Wagner, Ohio's paying for him. Like, state pays for stuff like that. And it's a hard thing, I think, because it is his right. It is his legal right. It definitely is. And we don't want to infringe upon anybody's rights. But at the same time, you look at a situation like Billy Wagner and go, but come on, dude. But if he were a reasonable, rational human being, he wouldn't have done what he did to begin with. You know what I mean? So that's where the money comes from to do things like this. That's where the money is coming from for Coburger to do things like this. The state of Idaho is putting the bill for all of this crap we continue to see um, brought up in court for him. And now they're going to be able to drag it out forever because he waived his right to speedy trial. So his trial was supposed to get in, begin in October, which, you know, I think we had talked about for a long time. We did not believe would possibly happen. And it's definitely not happening now. And there isn't even a projected date yet. Um, but they're going to take all the time they can. They're going to try to punch holes in as many things as, as humanly possible for, before they get that to trial. Because he's still looking at death penalty, most likely, um, in that case. So... We shall see. Uh, nothing in the Chad Daybell case, which, you know, we've, we've, we've heard on pretty good authority that there's some talk about plea deals going on in that particular case. And I think it's pretty obvious in the fact that they're just, there's nothing happening in court with him at all. His trial is set to start in April of 2024. Um, there's a lot of motivation, I think, to not do that trial and to get him to take a plea because he does still have the death penalty on the table. But what we have heard is that his, um, right. I wonder about Chad too. Who is footing Chad's bill? Because the state of Idaho is not footing Chad's bill. He's still private pay. And who is paying for all of this with him? Cause there is no way in hell there's money left in that house. Uh, but we do really think that there's a, there's a, there's plea deals in the works there, but what we're hearing is that the, the plea deals so far are really, really, the, the negotiation on his side is really, really unreasonable and ridiculous. Uh, I know that'll be a big surprise to all of you who have been following this case as long as we have and are familiar with John Pryor and his ridiculousness. Uh, but it does sound like, you know, that that is the direction this is going. I cannot imagine after witnessing Lori's trial and witnessing her sentencing, that he would dare be going to trial on it with the death penalty still attached, right? 
<laughs> is the church paying? No, they are not. They are not touching that situation with a 10-foot pole. But are there followers of his out there that have got money that are footing it? I am wondering. Or other family members that haven't spoken up. I mean, most, his children really don't have money. Um, and most of his family that's local here have really separated themselves from him. I can't imagine that they're putting a whole bunch of money into his defense, particularly after Lori's conviction. But I mean, somebody's gotta be, right? Who's paying for this? It is the question we always wanna know. <laughs> Craigie says he is holding out for that best-selling book he is going to write. Best-selling. Who? Who? Who's going to buy that book? You know, maybe he's got more supporters than we know about. People around here have gotten real quiet about him. Nobody wants to be associated with him. But does that mean that there aren't people behind the scenes who still are? I mean, the fact that there were to begin with tells you that there could be. Right. He probably wants to be let off with time served. Right. I, you know, just like how Lori was expecting like time served or something like that. Ridiculousness. I think we're going to be seeing, you know, if, if we were to be in the negotiation room during this stuff, they're probably hearing stuff like that, which is insane. No. Yeah. His stupid books. We got to keep saying it. I mean, Lori's defense attorney said it himself. Right. Uh, Amanda says, I wonder if Pryor is just waiting for it to be over to do interviews. Pryor seems like he might think he could actually win and wants to be known for that. The next Johnny Cochran. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. I mean, he is very arrogant. He has had his plan in place for all of this time. Whatever that plan is, you know, at this point, blame it all on Lori. It's just pretty tough to do when the kids' bodies were found in your backyard and when your wife's body was found in your bed, you know? So I don't know. I just keep wondering. I wish I could be a fly on the wall during those uh, negotiations as they're kicking around, taking a plea on this. Are his books still available at Deseret Books? I believe no, but they are available at on Amazon. Don't buy them though, please. And he can't profit from anything. But could his kids and in that way pay his attorney? Maybe. Maybe there's some kind of weird deal in place, you know? It's really tough to say at this point. I just, I don't know. Yes, Kitty Cam, here we go. Miss Sandy is up here. You never know when she's going to stick her face up here and purr into my microphone. That's one of her favorites. But I do really wonder what's going on with Chad, who's paying the bill, and what is going to happen. Do the victims' families have a say about this when it comes to a plea deal, Gloria? Is that what you're asking? Generally, they will be asked if they're okay with a plea. Um, you know, we've heard that there are some that would really like to see the death penalty. At this point... If they know that he's locked up forever, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be okay with a plea. So, but they will, they will know about it. They will talk to them. The prosecution will talk to them. If a, if a deal 
looks like it's actually going to be met, they will talk to them about it and about, you know, what do they want? What do they think about it? Um, you know, but this, the, there are a lot of considerations here. And I think a big one is money. You know, what are we into this case now? Seven, eight million dollars without before his trial even happens. And that's, you know, not even paying for his defense. It's just for everything else. Right. They were buried in your own yard, dude. What the hell is your defense? Exactly. What is his defense? He doesn't have one. He was, um, you know, uh, hypnotized by the golden vagina. Come on. I mean, give me a break. Right. I agree, Paula. Paula says, I'd be okay with the plea as long as he has to admit guilt, not an Alfred. I know. I do not want to see like an Alfred in this situation either. Um, is Chad's prosecution team the same as Lori's? Yes, it is. It's exactly the same team. It's the same case. It's the same evidence. It's the same everything. The So much of the evidence in Lori's case was just as damning against Chad as it was against her. And there's actually a little bit more forensic evidence against Chad than there is against her. And then the reality that the kids were buried in his backyard and his wife was killed in his own bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Lori's has cost a ton. You know, we, I, we're at seven or eight million dollars at this point total for um, who's paid for Lori's attorneys, the state. He is. Um, Lori has been deemed to be indigent and her attorneys are public defenders. Right. He's toast. He's totally toast. It's the same case. It's the same people. It's the same witnesses. It's all the same stuff. That's the thing that I'm like, why would you go to trial on that? Obviously, they were very successful the first time. Right. And not just the state footing the bill, but little Fremont County where these where the bodies were found and where. Tammy was killed. It's a small county, guys. It butts right up against Montana and Yellowstone Park. So it's a very large county with a small population. Yep, it's the same judge. It's the same everything. Because remember, these cases used to be joint. And now, just because they've been severed, it's still the same everything else. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. And it's a lot of time. And it's a lot of trauma to put the families through again when it's not like there's any question what they've got on him. So it's the one that's always in the back of my head, even though we're talking about all these other cases, because at some point that case is either going to go to trial or we're going to hear that there's been a plea deal reached, but there's not been anything filed in the courts in a while, which tells me that that's what they're working on is a plea. And we actually heard that from someone as well. Um, but, you know, they're not filing any of their petty stuff and arguing over evidence and stuff, which makes me think they're not really worried about it. Remember the big fight over DNA that actually got these cases severed and got the death penalty dropped from Lori? We've not heard one word about that DNA evidence since then. I'll bet it never even got processed. <laughs> Right. He might be waiting for Lori to wrap him up in a taco and send him to Antarctica. Right. You know, is he still as delusional as she is? We don't know because we've never had the opportunity to hear anything from him. Yeah. 
So that's what we're waiting on. And that's what we know for this week. So it's a lot. There were other shootings as well. I just can't talk about all of them because it just gets to be too much. But there have been 400 and let me look. It's going to tell you how many school shooting or how many mass shootings we have had this year. It is a sad number that no one wants to hear, but I think we all need to know. 477 mass shootings in the United States so far in 2023. We're just a little over, we're not even quite three quarters of the way through the year. 477 mass shootings. And yet we see no movement anywhere. It's just not right, is it? Something for all of us to keep in mind moving forward. Red flag laws matter. They do help. They do keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them, who are unsafe to have them. Oh, wow. Victoria says, I bought a, I bought bulletproof shields for a couple of my teacher friends. They fit in a backpack. God. Do you know that there are schools building safe rooms in classrooms now? That are like bulletproof rooms that lock from the outside and yeah, from the inside and like where a teacher could run and put their whole class into a room and lock the door. It's just unreal. This is what we're living with. So on that super not peppy note, Europeans do think we're crazy. The entire world thinks we're crazy because very few countries, nobody has the kind of shooting problem we do really. It's terrifying. Something to keep in mind, something to always be aware of on voting day and to be aware of what's happening in your community and what your, what your state's laws are. Look up red flag laws in your state. Find out, do you have any? We don't. Oh, here's a big surprise. Idaho has practically none at all. And they just lowered the age in which you can open carry to 18. So, you know, not safer here by any means. But check out your own state. What are your red flag laws? What's happening in your state when it comes to these things? What's being done? Anything at all? Anyone? Because I'm sure not seeing any hope at this point. Thank you all so much for being here. We will be back next week with all of our usual stuff. Katie will be back. And I'm sure we'll have more updates to share. As always, thank you for your support. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, leave a review where you can. It helps us to grow. We've grown so much this year. And we just want to keep on growing. So thank you so much for being here. And we are the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.